welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hey, so I, I want to know, are you beginning to see and feel the snippets of spring coming along? I know I am. My daffodils have bloomed and they're shining their beautiful yellow faces, even in the midst of this ongoing freezing weather we're here having here in Northern California. But for many of us, we're not quite ready to give up those winter clothes yet, right? I mean, our sweatpants, our oversized sweaters, our cozy socks, not just because it's still cold outside, but because we realize we're not swimsuit ready yet. Ah! Oh no! Before you panic, take a deep breath. Let me introduce myself and we'll talk about this and much more. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am passionate, beyond passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things or gone through things that we don't like to really talk about or even stick around and be in for too long. But we know we want to do better for ourselves because it's not only good for us, but our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, that inner voice, or as I'd like to say, undo that or reprogram that stuff that has happened to you. Now we can't it's not like a magic eraser where we just erase our total past like it never existed. No, those are things that we've gone through. They're also part of our character building. But sometimes those things get us stuck and in our own way from truly living our vibrant life. And so being able to help you understand the languaging of that inner critic can help you tweak it in such a way that you can thrive rather than just survive. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about how to ease your way back into spring shape after winter hiatus. Now, flowers are not the only thing coming back this spring. Getting back into shape is not easy, especially after the cozy winter nights. Or maybe they're not necessarily cozy, dark and dreary nights. Again, I'm not a real winter person. Too many gray skies makes me pretty sad. So I tend to, you know, do what a lot of people in that situation do is eat some comfort food. So bouncing back into fitness after winter is not a process that can be done in one day. You have to find a way to ease back into a desired routine, something that fits into your world, making you a priority in your own life, especially since you're wanting the efforts to last. Am I right? It's not a one and done and it's not a quick fix. And you know, the thing is, is most of us already know there is no quick fix to anything. And yet, because of how everything is instantaneously shown to us, whether in writing, whether on TV, whether hearing other people or seeing other people's results, a lot of times we're seeing the beginning and we're seeing the end. We don't get a whole lot of the middle part, which then, you know, as much as we want to champion and cheer on that hero who's succeeding, 
It's the really in-between part that really matters if you're going to cross that finish line, if you're really going to make a difference in your life. It's not anybody else's life. So I want to be able to help you stick to your life so that you can live as vibrantly and as thrivingly as you want. And and if I can be that 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 coach that cheerleader that support then I'm going to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast because maybe this isn't your particular subject matter but it's somebody's and I bring new episodes every week talking about various topics so be sure and tune in because we need to feed our minds as much as we need to watch how we're feeding our bodies and as much as we all try to stick to our let's say workout routines, especially when we're getting back into it, no matter what, the cold weather and the shorter days during the winter often lead us to less working out and, dare I say, more Netflixing. Then, then that day comes and it gets longer and darker. The temperatures are changing and getting colder, so we become more cozy. We become more, you know, less active, you know, maybe like the bears hibernating. And we want those warm comfort foods, pot pies, lasagna, spaghetti, whatever. Then, like seemingly overnight, the days start getting longer and the temperature starts to warm. And you now realize, ah, swimsuit season is right around the corner. It's time to spring back into shape. But where and how do you start? First and foremost, I'm going to encourage you to find a workout partner. Let me repeat that again. Get a workout partner. First and foremost, find somebody. Not having someone to exercise with has been cited as a barrier to regular workouts among both men and women. Again, this isn't just, you know, a a gender thing. It's not an age thing. It's not a uh, culture thing. It's humans. We as humans, one of our very basic human needs is connection, is that partnership. So it's not just a romantic partnership. It's partnership in many different facets of areas of our lives. And this is one of them. While you don't need to have a workout partner to create a successful fitness routine, there are many benefits to working out with a friend. Someone who wants to be plugged in like you. You can have a friend that says they want to do it, but if they're not showing up and they're not committing to you and to their own progress, then I'm going to encourage you to look for a friend that's going to be able to do that for you. Not only will you have an extra layer of accountability to get to the gym, if your friend is waiting for you, you may be more willing to try new types of workouts if you aren't doing it alone. Let's be honest here for a minute. How many times have you started working out quickly and found yourself skipping workout days? I know. I I certainly have. I've even gone so far as to sit in a parking lot spot right outside the gym and then turned around and went home without even working out. 
There's something extremely powerful about having someone else counting on you to show up. Have you ever been thinking of trying uh, an aerial fitness class for a chance, but are afraid that you might look silly or dumb or like a fool? Grab a friend. I mean, there's nothing better than to have a friend go with you. You guys laugh about the experience and while you're trying something new and yeah, it's hard and awkward and you've never done it before. But again, there's something about having that shared experience with somebody that makes it less scary, that makes it more fun, it makes it more willing to go out and do more things. We are certainly more willing to try those things if we have someone to collaborate that experience with. Always wanted to incorporate strength training, but feel intimidated by the weight room? There's strength in numbers. A workout partner can also help motivate you when you feel like giving up during the middle of a routine. Plus, there's someone to commiserate with after a particularly hard workout. For example, just this last week, my friend and I, uh, Mondays, were are usually our hardest hidden days because we've had the weekend off, right? To kind of rest and recover. So Mondays we, we hit it a little bit harder. That might be the day that we actually increase um, the, the amount of weight that we use or we try a new uh, routine that we haven't done before. So this last week in particular, we did some new uh, legs and glute workout we had never done before. We didn't increase our weight. In fact, we lowered our weight to go along with what we were doing. And I'm telling you, for the next two or three days, we were so crazy. In fact, I text messaged her and said, you know, my, my ass is hating me today. And she wrote back, yeah, me too. And we both shared a laugh about that. And that's what's so fun about having somebody to do that with. If I had told somebody else that, they would have like, huh, what, what are you talking about? She knew exactly what I was talking about because she was walking that same walk with me. And it felt comforting to have somebody else have that same experience with you. And I know for myself, I've worked out for years, and along the way, I've also hired personal trainers. My last trainer I had actually helped me unlock my frozen shoulder, which wasn't happening with physical therapy. Like everything in life, improvements to the way things are done are always happening. And if there's newer ways of toning your body than in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, then why not learn how to do them? Why not learn how to be more beneficial with things instead of how it always used to be? That kind of makes life a little bit challenging if we're not willing to be flexible. We're not willing to try new things. We're not willing to consider there there may be another way to do things. So, and one last thing on this particular thing of getting a workout partner is understand your body is also not the same as it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. Heck, it may not even be the same since COVID hit the scene not long ago. So you'll want to ensure what you're doing is working towards your benefit rather than against your efforts. Next, set realistic goals. Even if you are running six miles a day or deadlifting 200 pounds before the winter hibernation kicked in, chances are you're going to need to start slow as you get back into the workout routine. 
Start by committing to work out two or three times a week. That will help you get back into the habit of making it a priority. Remember, habit stacking is a big deal in order to keep moving towards what you're wanting to do. And again, if this is something that you've gotten out of the habit of doing, you're going to want to create this habit again, create this momentum, create this ball rolling again in your favor. Once you've established that routine, add a couple of days to work your way back into your pre-winter workout routine. Or take a couple of weeks to start increasing your weight load so that, again, you're not going to risk damaging, tearing, hurting yourself, or making yourself so ridiculously sore that it takes you another week or two before you get back in there. You also need to be realistic about the results you expect to see. If you've been totally sedentary all winter and packed on the pounds, don't expect working out in April and having a six-pack by Memorial Day. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Be realistic with yourself. In addition to your realistic workout goals, you'll want to do the same with your food choices. I encourage gradual shifts and changes so that you're not sending your mind and body into shock, which will feel overwhelming, causing you to give up before things really start kicking in. Again, where your mind plays a part in here, this has to do a lot with that inner critic that I talk about often is how they will throat your efforts of like, oh, this is too hard. Oh, I'm tired today. Oh, I don't know, this is just too hard. I can tell you that being out of shape, not being able to breathe, having challenges sleeping, and depression and anxiety, those are hard things too. Pick your hard. Next, choose the workouts that best that's best for you. When you're just getting back into a workout routine, should you do full body workouts or should you focus on one body part at a time to space things out? A lot depends on your individual goals and your abilities. It also depends on how much time you have. If you're looking to burn fat and lose weight, full body workouts are much more efficient, particularly when using compound movements that use more than one muscle group at a time. Full body workouts may also mean you'll need to spend fewer days at the gym. I don't know, but that sounds pretty exciting, right? Also knowing too that if you think of your larger muscles as compared to smaller muscles, larger muscles being your glutes, your rear end, your thighs, your legs, as opposed to your forearms and biceps. Those are smaller muscles in comparison to your glutes and your legs. I like to compare those for cylinders of a car, whereas a four-cylinder car is more fuel efficient, doesn't burn fuel as fast. That's what I think of when I think of working my smaller muscles. If I'm looking to burn fat and lose a lot and lose weight, just working my slower or my smaller muscles, they're not going to burn as much fuel as my lower glutes and legs. Those I like to think of those of like a V8 engine. Those burn more 
fuel more rapidly. So when you're thinking about that in comparison, think about what you're trying to create for your body, for what you are wanting to achieve. If you're especially pressed for time, another thing that's become real popular is called high intensity interval training or HIT. These workouts are great, they can, but they can be challenging and they can be intense, especially at the very beginning. HIT pairs high intensity movements with lower intensity movements to keep your body in peak fat burning and muscle building condition throughout the workout. Again, if you've not exercised in a winter or years, I'm not going to recommend that you just run out and join a HIT program and just go annihilate yourself. Remember, we need to be graceful to our bodies. We need to thank it for what it's doing even when it's out of shape and thank it for helping us get back in shape with the love, care, and attention we're giving to it as we're doing these things. If your goals are more about building muscle, you may decide to focus on one body part at a time. The one caution here is that you may be more likely to skip the muscle groups you don't particularly enjoy training until you establish a regular routine. Again, balance. If you're only planning to work out three days per week, this approach may not be the best for you. In other words, if you're just going to work legs, let's say legs one day, your glute the next day, and maybe your abs, you still have whole upper body, arms, chest, all of those things. So if you're not sure what might be the most beneficial for you, then I would recommend investing in a personal trainer to help you balance all of this out. Again, there's new ways of doing things that it may be a minute since you've done this. It may be the very first time that you're doing this. And it's really to your benefit that you that you do that. The most important thing is choose a workout that you'll actually enjoy doing. As you're reestablishing a routine, it's a lot easier to convince yourself to go to the gym if you're looking forward to it. Use this as an opportunity to try new group fitness classes like Zumba or spin or cycling. Cycling is a spin class or a body pump class or anything like that. Some dance class. I mean, in addition to doing the gym, I do belly dance too. It's a nice switch up. It gives me a nice little break in my routine and, and it's, it's being able to move those muscles in a different way. Not only will being in a group help motivate you, these types of classes are usually set to upbeat music that helps the time pass quickly. And one more thing on this, ladies, 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 listen up. I'm here to tell you there are just as many women hitting the gym as there are guys. I cannot even begin to tell you how happy this makes me to see this. Women realizing they no longer need to stay away from weights because they've been taught or conditioned to think they'll get bulky like a man. Such BS. And I'm so excited that we're moving past that mentality. It's, I mean, it almost brings a tear to my eye just saying this. Because I've been going to the gym on and off since the 80s. Well, in the 80s, most women, we just did cardio. I mean, through like aerobics or something like that. You didn't see a whole lot of women on the weight training floor. Most of us women were in 
uh, aerobic rooms and stuff. Not that we weren't doing hard shit there, we were. But as time progressed, as I mean, more now than any time in my lifetime, I'm seeing more and more women that are just killing it at the gym. And it's, it, I feel so proud to see women doing that and taking such good care of their bodies in a way that they're honoring it and keeping it strong and vibrant. I'm also super excited to that, at least at the two gyms that I'm going to, to see teenagers taking an opportunity to care for their bodies. Oh my gosh, how amazing is that? I mean, look, again, I, I know I'm dating myself here, but you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, we could ride our bikes or skateboards or whatever with our friends, and we could be gone for hours at a time from home and doing whatever, you know, Parents didn't have uh, cell phones to get a hold of us. And, you know, it just, it was a different, it felt like a different time, at least for me, you know, to go out and, and do that. Nowadays, it feels like maybe we have to be a little bit more cautious, a little bit more um, aware so that things don't happen to our kids. So what does that do if our kids aren't able to go out and get that kind of physical movement riding their bikes, walking around with friends and doing that kind of thing. And with a lot of schools and stuff sometimes now limiting physical activity to hardly anything at all and kids living a more sedentary life because, one, they're not out walking around and, two, because we know video games and stuff are pretty pretty addicting. Some people are even making a living from it, so it's kind of hard to give up that seat when you're making money, but I digress here. It's super, super exciting to see that more and more of these gyms are catering to families to allow younger people to come in and work out and take care of their bodies. That's, I don't know, we are making movement in the right direction, and that right direction also is a choice that each one of us has to make to do. I can tell you that more and more gyms are judgment-free gyms, creating space for anyone to come in and attend to their wellness. And I mean that literally. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen people in wheelchairs. I've seen people who might be missing an arm or a leg. I've seen people that are really overweight. I've I've seen it all in... Again, I, it makes me want to bring a tear to my eye to know, one, the bravery it takes to walk into an environment that may have felt at one time like you had to look and be a certain way to be there, that now they're braving it and coming in and doing what they need to do for their own selves. Unbelievable. We need more of this. We need to encourage this. This is why I do what I do with things like this is because it's so important that we just live healthy and we live vibrantly and we and we can do that and pass that on if we're walking that walk. And lastly is there's more and more gyms that are popping up everywhere that are extremely affordable. Again, if you can't do this, then get a buddy and do it in your house. You you even have the ability to have YouTube. Most everybody has the internet. 
that you could pull up YouTube exercises and, and work on your own living room floor or wherever. There's, there's so many opportunities for people to do it. It's whether or not you make the dedication to do it. Okay, I'll move on. Don't skip the warm-up. If you're especially anxious to get back into a routine and see results, it may be all too easy to think that you're better off skipping the warm-up and spending your whole 30, 40, 60 minutes at the gym on a hard workout. It's a trap you'll need to work hard to avoid. A proper warm-up is not only essential for your safety, but it's also leads to more benefits for your workout. Just to warm it up. It doesn't take very long to get your body warmed up. It takes a little bit longer than walking from your car to the front of the building. But loosening everything up, your muscles, your joints, so you don't risk pulling them, straining them, spraining them, or doing even worse damage and then putting you out of the gym again or out of whatever your workout is. It also allows your heart rate to get going, get the blood pumping, as they say. This means that by the time you actually get to your workout, you're already burning calories and stoking your metabolism burn. That's pretty freaking awesome. It's also really important to realize that walking from your car, as I said earlier, to the treadmill doesn't count as a proper warm-up. If you aren't sweating a little bit or if you aren't feeling like your inner body temperature is warming up, you're not quite ready to start lifting heavy for sure. You don't want to just go in and start lifting like mad. You're definitely going to tear something. A good warm-up might consist of doing some body weight exercises, meaning that you're mimicking the movement that you're wanting to do before you actually grab the weights and start doing them. Maybe you start doing squats before you, without any weights, just your own body weight to kind of loosen things up, letting your body know what you're getting prepared to do, and then start adding on any weights or kettlebells or whatever it is that you're going to do. And don't forget to stretch. Oh my gosh. Stretching is so important, just as important as warm-up is. The cool-down and stretching portion of your workout is vital. Like the temptation to skimp warm-up and get straight into the workout, many people finish their workouts and head straight to the door without considering that they should stretch or cool down. This also will lend itself to that extremely sore, I can barely move and breathe the next day not not a good idea yes there's there's going to be times where you're probably going to be sore after a new thing that you've done like my friend and I do and what we did last week but it wasn't so excruciating that we couldn't move we were just acutely aware that oh man our glutes really burned this time but we weren't immobile we weren't feeling like we were dying we weren't feeling like we couldn't move there's a whole difference there this is why it's super important to take the time for recovery after your workout this could also decrease soreness it can also give you a moment to just kind of get regrounded regrouped before moving on to your next thing consider adding a walk at the end of your run, for example. 
the cool down also helps return your muscles and posture to a natural position because when you're working out your muscles are getting shortened if you're not aware this is why it's so important when you're paying attention to your workouts understanding how your muscles lengthen extend and how they contract and shorten so that you're actually building your muscles in the right way it would just be too terrible for you to be going and doing a bunch of stuff thinking you're doing a good thing and actually not seeing a whole lot of results later because it just needed to be fine-tuned a little bit so you're actually dialing it in to get the results that you're wanting to get I am also a huge advocate for massage. Massage is a great way to help with sore muscles. It can help reduce inflammation. It can help flush out your lymphatic system. It, it's a, an incredible way to kind of get things worked out. That you know, a lot of um, big runs and stuff like that, marathons. They have massage post-massage therapists there that are helping to help revitalize the muscles after they've been taxed so hard so I definitely am an advocate of that so if that's something that you're able to put into your routine you can think of it as something that's helped support your mind body and spirit it's also something that's a great thing for self-care so I mean you can be getting many things knocked off your list here now Something else to know, too, is many of the newer gyms have recovery sections. They offer things like zero-gravity massage chairs or hydro-massage chairs or compression boot therapy and infrared saunas and stretching areas. So there's like one-stop shop. You just don't walk in and burn some weights or you just don't go in and do a cardio-type workout. There's It's a whole facility that, you know, affords you these tools to help you maximize and get the best benefit out of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So let's carry on with this next topic, which is make sure you fuel properly. We've talked about the gym, we've talked about the exercise, we've talked about warm up, cool down, how to take care of your body in that way. But here's another angle. What would be the purpose of a good workout routine if you're not willing to make some effort and attempts to changing eating. Look, the winter, no doubt, we eat more comfort foods. With COVID over the last few years, I mean, social media alone showed us how many quarantine snacks and how many, you know, delectables people were eating and they weren't necessarily showing their their healthy whole foods, they were showing us stuff or what they were getting from Grubhub or DoorDash or whatever. The shelves alone showed us that when you walked into the grocery store, there was no bread, no pasta, no rice, nothing. All of that stuff was gone. Now, we were coming out of that. We're getting back into, you know, post-COVID, post-craziness, whatever. And it's time to to reevaluate what you got going on. If you're feeling stiff and achy, a lot of it has to do with the lack of movement, but it's also a lot of what the food is that you're feeding yourself. That's going to attribute to brain fog. It's going to attribute to lethargy. It's going to relate to aches and pains. So if your goal is to 
to shed some fat, nutrition is an integral part of that. And poor nutrition can easily undo all your hard work that you're doing in the gym. Nutrition isn't just important if you're trying to lose fat. It's also important to make sure you're eating enough and drinking enough water to safely fuel your workouts and your day. If your workouts are making you dizzy or lightheaded, you're either dehydrated or not eating enough prior to your workout. And just like fueling beforehand, it's important eating for your muscles recovery as well. Try eating something with protein. Look, they're discovering more and more and more about how important it is that we have protein in our diet and probably ladies a lot more than what we're normally used to eating. Many of us, especially the ladies, I'm sorry, but we probably undereat and not necessarily in a bad way, but because that's a conditioning that we've had of what we think or what we've been taught that dieting is. So most of the time we're we're under eating and then your body goes into starvation mode. So learning to balance out or find out what's right for you as far as the level of proteins to incorporate with your foods. That's something to definitely look into and cooking your own food, at least knowing what your food is. So much of what is being delivered by, you know, these various delivery systems that have come on board like crazy since COVID is, it's convenient, right? It's convenient to have a meal already made for you. It's convenient to not have to think about what to do. But I'm telling you, there's so much stuff in those foods that are killing your body. And I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a perfect eater by any stretch of the imagination. But I do more often than not cook my food at home and know what it is that I'm cooking so that I'm fueling my body. I don't want to be putting in all of this time and effort in my workouts to end up not changing at all. I mean, how frustrating and depressing would that be if you saw no results whatsoever? You didn't feel any different. You didn't sleep any different. Your anxiety was no different. If none of that changed, you just might as well go beat your head against the wall. So I'm telling you, it's a time to look at your food choices and your physical movement choices in order to be ready for spring, right? Be ready for summer. You want to be out and moving around, don't you? Whether it's going out and listening to music or hanging out the river or going swimming, you want to be able to enjoy those things with your friends, your family, whomever. And now is the time to do that. And as we prepare to wrap up this episode, I want to remind you not to beat yourself up. Getting back into a workout routine, it isn't easy. <laughs> Again, it's a big mind game. You know, we, our mind wants to tell us, ah, you know, not today. Oh, I'm tired. Eh. And we have to push through those things. Even if you start slow and have a workout buddy, there may be days when you give in to the call of the couch. There may be days where, like me, you drove up to the gym, this is before I had a workout partner, and sat there trying to talk myself into going in, rather than 
not letting my mind talk me out of it and taking myself in there, I let my mind talk me out of it and I drove home and I felt like crap. Did I go back to the gym? No, because I felt like crap. So I'm telling you, be easy on yourself, but then also you're going to have to push yourself. You're going to have to not negotiate with your mind, especially if you're wanting to feel better. The worst thing that you can do is beat yourself up though. And remember and decide that giving up on you is not an option because you're worth more than that. Give yourself a little wiggle room and cut yourself some slack, especially early on. Don't let missing a single day take the steam out of your engine because you know what? The honest to God truth is there's going to be days that you miss, but do the next right thing and get back on track. Understanding that progress is not a straight line, just like life. There's bumps, curves, unexpected stalls, and yes, even setbacks, all of which will happen and all of which can be worked through with your persistence. Our persistence is built on why we want what we want. I mean, seriously, haven't you ever seen a kid who wants a toy or a treat? They are persistent towards getting that thing they want. I say take that same persistence and put that towards your health goals. You are worthy and deserving of having a healthy mind and body. Lastly, if you're wanting to get started but aren't sure you have anyone that you can do this with, then I encourage you to get in touch with me. I want to offer you a jumpstart opportunity by joining me on a five-week free, absolutely free body challenge. This challenge includes free daily workouts, free meal planning, free mindset coaching and nutritional coaching, a community that wants to see you succeed, and best of all, an opportunity to win some pretty incredible prizes. This challenge will be running from March 13th through April 15th, and you'll need to register by March 10th. So keep listening. I'm going to give you ways that you can connect with me to register for this free Jumpstart Challenge. I would love to be alongside you as you're getting ready for your spring shape weather body. And lastly, if you found this helpful or know someone who could use a little extra help along the way, I'm going to encourage you to share this podcast in addition to following it. Because as I said earlier, each week I put out a different topic that's going to help you get through your week. And, and if you're interested in any of the things I've talked about, or if you have any more questions about that, then I'm going to encourage you to get in touch with me. And here's how you can do that. There's a number of ways. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B. B is in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.